Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 79 of Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. And I am Greg Waugh. And in episode 79, I will be talking about mother's milk. And I'll be talking about how if you want to get a lady, you've got to first have got a lady. Onions. What the f***? <laughs> and also, be careful who you sleep with. It may influence your unborn children. And then if we've got any time left, we're just going to sit around watching TV. That's what, that's what we do. But before that happens, what has happened to you this week in science? What happened to me happened to you, Dan. We were invited for the 364 and a quarter days of science. 365 and a quarter? 60, uh, 60, that's how long a year is. 300, yes, well, that was 360, you're right. So I, I just, I got, I, I don't come from your planet. So 360. My birthday does not count. <laughs> 365 and a quarter days of astronomy. No, sorry, I don't know what it was. I was somewhere and there were some nice people. You talk about it because I seem to not know what's going on now. Oh, I was just thinking about your birthday, actually. <laughs> thank you to the uh, listeners who helped by uh, oh. sending Batman messages to Greg. Well, no, no, to Batman. I didn't, to I, Batman. I didn't get them. To Batman. It was, it was... Batman, didn't, Batman told me when he came to my window that he had a great time and he really enjoyed writing to all your questions and Batman really appreciates it, whoever Batman might be. Yeah, it's on Facebook. We celebrated Batman Day and everyone sent emails to batman at smartenough.org. <laughs> so. Asking really cool questions. There were some fun so ones I, in there. So I've heard from Batman. Yes. Mm, so mm. thank you very much. That's very cool, yes. I, I'm sure that people don't realise that that may or may not have been a birthday gift of some sort. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But yes, we Batman. Were, we were on, you know what was a, a lot of fun? What's that? Being on a panel I game guess, show thing. Uh, which I don't seem to, can, I can't name. What was it called? 365 and a quarter days, days of, of science, science. For Briz Science, which is like a, a monthly meetup. They get these clever people to come and talk once a month, experts in their field, to talk about science. And, and they have a big room a big room and have hundreds of people come and it's, and then this time they went you know what we should have the smart enough to be better boys that's exactly what this world mm. needs and it was uh, joel gilmore dr joel gilmore mm -hmm. our friend of the podcast yes he certainly is was the host and uh, and and clever and basically they're two phds and they had two science communicators and they had us i don't know what we were <laughs> we were the we were the bookends. We were the comedy styling people. I'd oh no, I think we I think we knocked it out. Of oh, very good. Very Audience good. had a great time. They they seemed I to hate us. Had the best time. Like I have. <laughs> this has been on my bucket list. Oh, I, I I'm a huge fan of watching QI and Would I Lie to You and Never Mind the Buzzcocks. Yes, I, I and I sit there and go, oh, I could do that. And then finally, I got my opportunity. And guess what? I can do that. You did, and you did very well. I was very proud of you, Dan. Yay. It was, it was a lot of fun, actually. So if you want to know about Briz Science, if you're in Brisbane and you want to be involved in, in Briz Science, it's just Briz Science, B-R-I-S, science.com. Thanks to Joel and everyone, and to uh, Tamara, and Andrew, and Andrew, and... Melissa. And Melissa. Melissa? And, and, uh, Matilda? So it's just oh, saying, no, she was on my team. I on your team. Oh, dude. Edit. It was Melanie. And, uh, and basically, in the end, what's weird, it was a game show environment, and we tied. It was an honest tie, 41 points each. I think we should have come down to a fist fight, but that's just me. So, there has been a sudden surge in our lives, yours and mine, mm -hmm. and all of our associates, in babies. 
Babies everywhere. Yes, we've reached that age, I think, where all our friends are not just married anymore, but now desperate to produce. Put little versions of themselves into the planet. And they're not just producing babies. Some of them are producing milk. Goodness me. Out of their chests. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) It's a milk chest. Um, Something that popped up recently is that you can transfer alcohol through your breast milk. Yes, I've heard that before. So if you like yes. take a shot of tequila, then your baby can get drunk. Baby can get a little bit of, uh, yeah. bit of alcohol. Yes. Now I assume it's because it goes into your blood, and alcohol goes into your blood. Uh, I will tell you all about it. Oh, well, then I will shut up and let you. Read some research suggests that breastfed babies who are exposed to one drink a day might have impaired motor development, and that alcohol can cause changes in sleep patterns. Studies show that alcohol decreases milk production, and that the presence of alcohol in breast milk causes babies to drink, drink about twenty percent less, which is important because mm. all they do is grow bigger at mm. that point. Mm. And poop. But the thing is, I went to a bunch of different websites and realised that this is a really political issue. Right. Like, people care uh, about how to raise a baby. And and, and just, just I'd point out, two fatherless... Fatherless? Two childless men talking yeah. about this. We're... Oh, dear. We're opening up Pandora's chest of horror. No, oh, I don't even want to open up that chest. Right. I don't care how much milk is coming out of it. Yeah, I'm right. not opening up. <laughs> so, I did a smart thing. Yes. I went to Google Scholar. Oh. Rather than just go- just the internet, yes. which is filled like, with nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I actually looked at a study. Yes, wow. One weird thing is there's hardly any, there seem to be hardly any studies into this. Hmm. I was really surprised. It took me ages to find stuff. That doesn't surprise me. We've had this problem before. It always seems to be scientists go, the penis. Let's all talk about the penis. Yeah. Or, Animal penis, human penis. We love penis. But vaginas, not so much. We're scared of those. And I think that... Bug the- researchers. What are you looking at? Penis. penis. Tiny penises. <laughs> yes. Anyone looking at tiny vaginas? No. That, that, that would point? be weird. That would be creepy and strange. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that um, people only want to talk about man stuff. So I found a research paper. The objective was thus. We aim to replicate a previous study of one-year-olds that reported a deficit in motor development associated with moderate alcohol use during lactation using a different but comparable population. Mm -hmm. So what they did is they got themselves over 900 kids. Mm -hmm. They measured them all on the Griffith scale for childhood development, which tests for reaction time and development and basically how good you are at being a human being. Yep. They then did surveys with everyone and, and got everyone to fill out information about the amount of, that they drink mm. and whether they breastfed with alcohol in their systems and right. such. Okay, yes. And they found that the kids who breastfed on teetotaler milk scored 107.3 average on all the scales. Right. The kids from mothers who had had a couple, mm-hmm. 107.6. So better. Ever so slightly better. Right. <laughs> in fact, what they discovered... But would that be statistically significant difference? I will tell you what they decided. Ooh, okay. We did not replicate the findings of the original lactation study showing that infant motor development was adversely associated by infant exposure to alcohol via breast milk. Mm. Instead, several facets of development were weakly but positively related to maternal drinking during lactation. Which means, you know, go nuts. Just start sculling. I don't think it means that. Surely, <laughs> Surely that's now, not what it actually means. This is not the case for drinking during early pregnancy. Don't right. drink during early pregnancy. Yes. Coffee during preg- pregnancy also had negative effects. Uh-huh. Smoking before and after birth, mm-hmm. so passive smoking around the baby, was bad. Right. And smoking pot after birth right. was bad for the baby. So all smoking, basically. Don't smoke. Whatever no, not necessarily. Don't smoke. Oh, okay. Smoking pot during pregnancy? Yes. It gave a boost of development abilities from 108 to 
Weird. Biggest really? biggest jump from, of them all. Okay, that's very odd. So smoking pot might have helped the development of the baby. Yeah. There you go. I don't know. Maybe it relaxes the mother or I, something? I have no... Who knows? Once again, what does THC do, I suppose? That's... Uh, yeah, who knows? That's a, bit, that's a bit odd. Okay, so we know that alcohol can come from the mother into the baby. Yes. What's the first question you ask? Uh, is it... What? How do we get a baby drunk? Right. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Right. That's great. BF Skinner would be so proud right now. Hooray. <laughs> so how much alcohol in a glass of wine? Uh, one standard drink. Depends how big the glass is. Uh, 13%, oh. <laughs> 100 millilitres of wine. Okay. 30% of that is 13 millilitres of ethanol. Right. Okay. Mid-strength beer, 3.5%, 375 millilitres. Standard drink, 13.125 millilitres. Right. 700 millilitres of vodka, 22 standard drinks, each one 31.8 millilitres, 40% alcohol, 12.7 millilitres. About 13 millilitres of ethanol is your standard drink. Right, okay. Okay, the density of ethanol, I almost got stumped on this one. Yeah. The density of ethanol mm-hmm. is 0.789 grams per millilitre. Right. So 13 millilitres of ethanol is equal to 10.2 grams. Right. The amount of blood in an average human adult is roughly 5 litres. Right, okay, yes. So 10.2 grams per 5 litres is 2 grams per 1,000 millilitres or 0.2 grams per 100 millilitres, and that's how they work out your blood alcohol level. Oh, okay, I see. Good, yes. Now, in Australia, the standard blood alcohol limit is 0.05 grams of ethanol per 100 millilitres of blood. Yes. So with our standard drink, we're already four times over. Right. And this had me checking my maths for about 20 minutes this afternoon. <laughs> I'm like, what? How, how have I screwed this up? Turns out blood isn't the only place that alcohol is absorbed in the body. Uh, it's absorbed into all of our water, including the water in our brain, which is where we want it to go. <laughs> That's the point. So I'm 80 kilos, 60% water. Mm. 48 kilos of me is water. grams of ethanol into 48 litres of fluid. So 0.21 grams per litre or 0.021 grams per 100 milliliter, which is how we get the blood alcohol level. So that sounds about right. Yes. 0.02 per drink. Right. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, they they rethink the second drink sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Rethink the third drink. Yes. Yes. Yes, that makes sure. So I can have two, I get up to 0.04. Yes. And then, you know, wait for a little bit. Yeah. Because I've got to burn off one standard drink an hour. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That that math does seem to work now. Yes. Woo! Now, babies drink milk from the mother's breast. Mm. The density of milk and water aren't totally equal, but they're close enough for our purposes. Uh, Sure. They'll drink 32.5 millilitres of the stuff at a time, Mm -hmm. 12 times a day. Right. Which means that in a single feed, they'll take in, if the mother has had a standard drink, 0.013 grams of ethanol. Right. Trace amounts of alcohol can be found in Coke and Pepsi. But these trace amounts are one thirteenth of the amount of that breast, of this breast milk. Okay, tiny amount. Your average baby starts off at about four kilos. Right. Two point four liters of water in that baby, mm-hmm. which is a very weird way yeah. of breaking that down. <laughs> this baby is two point four liters of water. So when that baby has <laughs> drunk its meal, yes, it's got zero point zero zero five four grams per liter of ethanol yes. in its blood. Right. Or a blood alcohol limit of. Point oh 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 five four per standard drink from close. the other. Slightly more than one one hundredth of the legal limit. Sure. To get a newborn baby up to 0.05, mm. it would have to drink 5.78 litres of breast milk. 5.78 litres? Yes, if the mother had had <laughs> one drink. Oh, my goodness. Okay, but that mother's slacking off. Yeah, she could really be slamming it. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. if your blood alcohol gets up to 0.4 or right. eight times the legal Oof, limit, yes. 0.08 
is considered binge drinking. Yeah, yeah. So this is point four, mm. eight times legal limit. You could slip into a coma and die. Right. So I, I had a look at some of the records. <laughs> so you can say, if the mother cared enough to get to the point of coma and death before feeding her baby, how much alcohol could she get into that baby? Is that what we're saying here? Well, we, yeah. We want to see whether it's possible. Possible, yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Yes. So in 1982, mm-hmm. a 24-year-old woman was admitted into UCLA emergency room with a blood alcohol of 1.33. Oh, my goodness. Or 26 times the legal limit. Oh, my goodness me. And yet she could still react and yes. you could... And fight, I assume. Probably, like a <laughs> wildcat. In 2004, an unidentified Taiwanese woman died of alcohol intoxication. Her blood alcohol content was 1.35. Goodness me. But she didn't drink any of it. She was trying to avoid the SARS epidemic and immersed herself for 12 hours in a bathtub full of oh, ethanol. Oh, no. And it absorbed well, into her. Oh, dear. Okay. Of course it would, yes. But then... Okay, the world record is held, of course, by a man. Yay, man! Hooray! <laughs> Guess which country? Germany. Ooh, I didn't expect that. Ooh. I thought you'd go for Russia. Oh, okay. South Africa. Oh, South Africa. <laughs> Brat! A man was well, it's, found... It's, it's all, you know, the Boers, there's a connection there, yeah. the Dutch, I, yeah. was getting, I was in the right... No, nah, it's fine. Right cultural yeah, vein. Maybe. In South Africa, a man was found to have an alcohol content of 1.6 grams per 100 Goodness milliliters. Me. Wow. 32 times the legal limit. Four times the amount where you can slip into a coma and die. <laughs> the man was caught driving a light van <laughs> containing one woman, yeah. five boys, hmm. and 15 sheep. Nice. Allegedly stolen from nearby farms. Well, the women and the boys and the sheep. Well, maybe. It, doesn't, that, that, it the, didn't. It the didn't, article didn't say. Didn't say. No. He was pretty drunk. If our mother got up to 1.6 grams of ethanol per 100 milliliters, mm. that would mean the baby would be getting one gram per feed yes. or a blood alcohol limit of 024 So they'd have to drink 131 milliliters or twice the average amount a baby can drink. Right. So if you can find a mother who is so drunk that she should have died four times over and a baby (laughs) with its stomach distended to twice its normal amount, do not let it drive you home. (laughs) Sensible medical advice from Smart Enough to Know Better for all aspiring mothers. Thanks for inviting me over, Greg. What do you think of my new three-piece suit? Uh, it's okay. Okay? Just okay? This is a $3,000 Armani suit with matching silver cufflinks. Modern, elegant, with a touch of class that screams, I'm a man with a plan and a future. It's just not my thing. I prefer something with the distressed look. The distressed look? Dan, your wife's dead. Huh? She was hit by a car oh, God. when you were on your way over. Oh, my God. No. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yes, that's much better. <laughs> but before you can make a baby and get it drunk so it can't drive a car, mm-hmm. you've got to attract a lady. 
assuming, of course, you're a heterosexual man. That's what I'm trying to say. Or you are a lesbian woman. But I'm talking actually about heterosexual men but, at this point. But you'd have to get a lot of science and, like, there's a lot of things to leap over there in order to make a baby. Well, that's right. But, but that's what I'm just talking about. Well, the big one, of course, is if you're a male and you want to make a baby, you probably need to find a female. Yeah. So that's what this, this next study I, okay. I've discovered is all about what do women look for in men? And what's been interesting is it's actually been shown by one of the authors, a PhD candidate at James Cook University, looked at what women find attractive in men. And one of the things they found attractive... Wallet. Well, no, no. Wallet? Is it the wallet? Is it the size of their no, car? No, it is not. Big cars? Nothing to do with any How of this. Good football? No. no Cox? No. Cox? No. Big Cox? No. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. Women... Frog princess! <laughs> May I go on? Goodness me. Go on. You you sure do go on. The what women seem to look for as men who have had partners before. So men with not many partners, the the concept of the virginal man is not considered that attractive to a prospective female looking for a prospective mate. That seems really obvious. But but it's so they actually say a road road tested men are actually that was the term used in in the article. It's not me saying that road tested men actually are considered much more desirable by other women. They try and find out supposedly. I think they call it pre trained. Pre trained. (laughs) Yes, and they try and find men who have actually had girlfriends before. It's actually it's considered much more attractive. And it's not just one or two. Supposedly, it's up to five. Any more than five partners before you, for the one prospective one happening for the for the female in two years. Any more than five in two years. Mm-hmm. That's too many. So if you have if you've had six girlfriends in two years and you let your new paramour know this, bow bow, you're probably out of luck. Yeah, but, I'm putting it out all over the place. I got all sorts of diseases. <laughs> but if you could, but if you have three or four, even if you're safe, I mean, it's sensible. If even if you're safe, that, that's like no, 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 too many, too many. But four, four partners in two years, so one every six months, basically, that's considered highly attractive. No break. But I, I, <laughs> that, that, there's that, so that one whole year of sobbing when that one you really liked. It's like, and, and what about if there's uh, if there's overlap? That we don't. We're not, it didn't mention anything. Didn't mention overlap. No, it didn't mention overlap. Okay. So if it's supposedly four was considered the magic number. I dated four in the last two years for nice. about eighteen months. <laughs> So while men generally go for mates based on physical attributes that might indicate whether a woman is more genetically robust, such as symmetry, beauty, good childbearing hips, mm-hmm. etc., women's definition of desirability is less obvious to the eye. So a man might look for visual things, but women aren't interested in that as much. Thank goodness, as I always say. Thank, thank goodness that women are not as interested in, in physical <laughs> things all the time. So they th- th- look for things like parenting ability, that sort of stuff. They want someone who's desirable, but not too desirable. So uh... because they want, because that be if they're desirable, other women have liked this person and therefore they must be good fatherhood material or at least good partner material but they're not playing the field too much so they're not a total bastard i'd like to see the beautiful graph that can be drawn of desirability that suddenly just drops off at at, um, at six so if i'm at a nightclub at like 11 o'clock at nine on a saturday night and i want to approach a girl Mm. i basically should use the pickup line hey would you like to be my fifth girlfriend in two years yes and by the way, I've never got a baby drunk. That's then that's basically going to get me over the line. That might get you over the line. I think what what you need to do is be more subtle. You need to go, hi, hi. I, I was just over there with my ex, Samantha. You know, but we're good friends now. Like, we're quite good friends. <laughs> Though we are exes, like total exes. But no, I just thought... And then she said that my other ex, ah, Jenny, clever. my other name, Jenny, she said that you and I could cry together. And I disagreed because you looked more like Mary, my other ex, who's not here tonight. 
tonight, but Mary would have thought you were more like Fiona. And that's everyone. And that's when she says, is that a wedding ring? And I'm like, no, no, that's <laughs> it's not a... God, I can just take this right off. I just, just take this right off. Ow, 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 ow. The human brain only uses 10% of its capacity. Our subject can now consciously access 100% of their brain. I can calculate all numbers. I can learn four languages at a time. I can lift items with my mind. He's dead. How? His heart stopped. And his lymphatic system shut down. And his liver stalled. Do you think that maybe that's what the other 90% of his brain was doing? Oh, shit. And he stopped breathing. Okay, I get it. And his colon stopped digesting. All right. And his balance failed. Shut up! And get a shovel. So you've managed to get the magic number of ladies, and now your new One. lady... But no, no. <laughs> As in, in, Five in, at a time. in two years, yes. Oh, yes, yep. Two years. Gotcha, yes. And now you've got a new lady. Yeah. And you and that new lady want to make a baby so you can get it drunk. <laughs> yes. That's a very important part of every relationship, it seems, that yes. we're promoting in this podcast. Although I don't know why we're trying to get, like, little tiny kids drunk, because they act like they're drunk anyway. That's, they most of them do. Like, yeah. if, you've, if you've ever been frustrated by, like, a three-year-old throwing a tantrum at a supermarket or something, and you go, oh, geez, oh parents and kids and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Here's a trick for you. Pretend it's a little drunk guy. <laughs> and it becomes the most hilarious thing you could ever imagine. <laughs> just someone just going, no, I don't want it. You actually find... No, yeah. I will drive home. I, I've watched videos where they actually... Uh, a father took a transcript of his daughter's conversations, passed them to his grown 35-year-old friend and reenacted everything. Is and this the pe selling penguins one? No, no, no. It's, no. It's, just, it's just a father and a daughter, but, you, but, the, but the daughter is played by a 35-year-old man. Nice. And it is the bizarrest thing. Backing up what you're saying here, it's bizarre. And everything he's tried to... The guy playing the daughter, he's tried to copy her motion in her eyes he's, he's an actor so he, and, and it's, it's weird you watch you go there's something wrong with this guy and you, the more he speaks you go there's something seriously wrong with this guy <laughs> and, and it's, it's worth watching if you get a chance to look it up but okay but you've got this you've got in the show notes you've got you've got this woman and, and you're like you're gonna make a drunk baby now yes so you have the baby and oh, the baby had a baby and Hello, baby, baby baby comes into the world and you're the father who does the baby look like well, it looks half like me and half like them. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? But science says maybe not. What? Maybe not. Hmm. So there was a thing a long time ago. We'll jump back into time. Aristotle, that guy. Oh, I know. Forward in time. Forward in time. Oh, no, they've got feathers. No, this is bullshit. <laughs> come come, to, the, come okay. to ancient Greece. Ancient okay. Greece. Aristotle, who's also terrifying because he was made shit up and no one tested it for thousands of years. These flies only have four legs each. That's so weird. <laughs> Aristotle joke for that's all those concentrating. Very, that was very good. That was very nice. Anyway, Aristotle talked about something called telegyny. And telegyny, he said, oh, the reason you could have half gods and half men, you know, like Hercules and all the rest, is because mm -hmm. a god could have sex with a woman and then some of that sperm is kind of stayed stored inside the woman. And when a man has sex with her and makes the baby, then, of course, a half-human, half-god creature appears. Wouldn't it be a quarter god then if there's, like... He, he was Aristotle. He got everything wrong. All right, it was Aristotle. Like moving His on. Maths now. is terrible. And, and he's he, 
never be able to figure out how to get baby he, drunk. He didn't understand, but <laughs> he didn't understand genetics to start off with. So he basically, he didn't, basically was saying the woman doesn't matter. It's the god and the man. That's right. Good. It's horrible. It's Aristotle. He got everything wrong. He was a lunatic. He was an idiot. Why did he? Oh, anyway, and for a long time, people believed telegeny. They thought it was very important that the first person you had sex with has some imprint on the baby. Every person you had sex with has some. It sounds like Lamarckism or the, something. It's a bit bizarre. So it was actually believed right up until like the 14th and 15th century. Oh, when wow. There were there were people on the throne. So Edward the Black Prince, heir to the throne of Edward the Third and Joan, they didn't want him to marry a divorced woman because they were worried that if he had sex with his divorced woman and had a baby, then that baby would actually have an alleged genetic imprint of the man she slept with before her husband before she was married oh, to him. Oh, and it and would so ruin the bloodline. It, it wouldn't be a Plantagenet. It would be it would be another some another a, a commoner's baby, oh. and they, they couldn't have that. The horror. So, so Telegeny, of course, is crap. Yeah. Uh, except that maybe it's not. This is the problem. It is with sparrows. It's not with sparrows, is it? Because you can put sperm in, like daddy sparrow sperm into a, a mummy sparrow, and then she has a couple of them all at the same time. No, no, no. It's, not, it's, it's not that thing. What it's like looks a lottery. Like, what it's looking like, it's only they with, all look after the eggs. <laughs> what it is suckers. with flies. It all comes down to flies. So I'm mean, not human. Everyone's like, what? All, you're thinking about your past, your ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends going, mm-hmm. oh, no, what have I done? Mm-hmm. And But it, don't worry. It's not humans yet. We don't know yet if it works with humans. But fruit flies, they actually did an experiment with fruit flies. This is in New South Wales. They actually did a, a, a experiment with fruit flies where they actually tried to mate they mated a um, a fruit fly with another fruit fly and it didn't have any babies mm-hmm. and then they mated it with another one a what later and they actually did it over and over again and they discovered that some characteristics of the mainly size of the original bigger one they put it with passed into the baby which is a genetic th- a genetic link so they're saying that something was passed from the first impregnator or the first sexual partner not impregnator first sexual partner that somehow passed into the female and what they think is well how is this possible because it's the sperm from the smaller male that passed it in, not from the larger male. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have anything to do with it, just because you had sex. But they realized that there was something passing through from the, the first male into the eggs of the female. They were There's changing the egg. information. Yes, was passing. And they, they, they but it just it, didn't take. It just, well, it, it, didn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a full sperm. It was just some information passed into the egg. So the oh. eggs were changed inside the ovaries. But what else is in there? It's just sperm, right? No, no, but there's in, yes, you're right. So just a, just a string of DNA. So the mechanism they propose is the molecules in the seminal fluid of the first mate being absorbed by the female's immature eggs. It's, it's a possibility. And that this would be what's called an epigenetic change passed down from other, other lovers, basically. So it... It came from the seminal fluid itself, not from the sperm. So the fluid around, uh, which would have had material in it that got passed into the egg. Now, what this guy is saying is that as only in flies they've seen it so far, and other people are arguing the results, mm-hmm. but it's saying it's, really there's no difference between anything that internally fertilizes. Anything that is internally fertilizes, he's saying it's, it's a possibility that you could be passing on some sort of characteristics to offspring which you didn't breed. Wow. So it's, That's messed up. That's a little bit messed up. So when you, when you sit there and you have your baby and you look down and you're like, hey, he looks like he's got the nose of your ex-boyfriend. Maybe. Maybe he does. Ah. <laughs> I heard this study where they got a room full of birds mm. and they kept like freaking the birds out with a guy in an orange coat. Mm. And then they stopped doing that and they moved the birds out one at a time over the course of a couple of like oh. a month yeah. and replaced them with other birds. And then all the original birds were gone. 
mm. and all they were all new birds. And then the guy in the orange coat came in, and all the birds freaked out. Yes, so they got passing they're like, information, passing somehow. information yeah. somehow. This has been done with monkeys as well. Yeah, they had one where it was um they put a banana on top of a ladder, and they said to these chimps, basically they or they didn't say anything to the chimps, they just put them in the thing. And every time a chimp climbed up the ladder to get the banana, they got an electric shock, a bad electric shock. And then they did exactly the same thing. They removed chimp by chimp and replaced it with other chimps. And in the end, all the chimps, every time a chimp would try and climb the ladder, all the other chimps, which had never seen anyone get electrocuted before, would attack the chimp and go, no, 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 and pull it away. All the chimps were getting electrocuted, I think. Whenever any of the chimps went up the ladder, all I, the chimps would. And, oh, that, like, okay. that's, and they were like, don't climb the ladder, oh, we're all okay. getting f***ed up. But they didn't know. They'd, never, they'd not seen it before. The whole yeah. point was no one had actually seen yeah, it Yeah, they're transferring happen. information. So, yes. Now, I'm like, oh, that's really cool, like mm. animals communicating. Mm. But then there was something else I heard. They got a bunch of rats, and they did the same sort of thing. I don't know what, what, exactly what it was, but mm. basically they sent a guy in with an orange coat to f*** with the cages. <laughs> and Put a and, job. And then, and then all the rats bred... And then had little baby rats, and they got yeah. rid of all the adult rats, mm. and then all the baby rats grew up, and then they sent the guy in the orange coat in, and all the baby rats freaked out. Mm. So that information passed... From, from mother or, to no, child. I, I, I think, no, but they did it two generations. Oh, right. So it so, wasn't that... The, so the mother saw the horrible man in the coat, freaked out, had a baby later on, that baby grew up, never saw a man in the yellow orange yeah. coat, had a baby... Then they show the orange man to the grandchild of the original one, and it freaks out. Yeah, and they went, that's some sort of learned behaviour being passed genetically. Yeah. And I'm like, that's Lamarckism. But, well, that's and ep- they went, yeah, that's yeah. Lamarckism. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. It was epi- epigenetic passing. Yeah. I took that before. Exactly right. So something about the panic, what happened to the system of the first rats mm. affected their breeding, like their eggs and their sperm. Yes. I don't know. It's it's messed up. We don't know. We'd have to... That's like, I and, I, and, I, and you know what? I half remember it, so I fully look forward to dealing with it in the next Walk of Shame. Here we are, Chewy. Kayshek, your homeworld. We'll drop off the cargo, get paid, and live it up for a while. You go start getting the cargo unloaded, and I'll go chat to the docking official down there. Welcome, good sir, to Kashek, home of the immeasurable Wookiees. Um, why are you talking like that? Talking like what? Oh, the accent. <laughs> uh, my parents came into some money when I was very young, and they sent me to a very posh school right here on Kashek. In fact, it is the school with the highest scores... No, no not, the, not the accent particularly. Why are you speaking English? Why don't you sound... You know. My good man, what else would I be speaking? You don't sound like a Wookiee, is what I mean. Don't sound like a Wookiee? What a Kashyyyk do you mean by that? I sound just like every Wookiee in my family. We are a space-faring civilization. Do you expect us to communicate in grunts and howls? Um, yeah, like my Wookiee co-pilot. Like your Wookiee co-pilot? Why would he communicate in grunts and howls? See? By my fairy carpet! Is that Stuart? No, that's Chewbacca. He's my co-pilot. Stuart, is that you? It's me, Andrew, your uncle. Where have you been? The family's been worried sick about you. Listen, pal, I don't know what game you're playing, but that's my co-pilot, Chewbacca. His name isn't Chewbacca. His name is Stuart. Everyone calls him Stew. Stew Baker. What? 
He suffered a brain injury years ago. He has aphasia. That's why he can't talk properly. He fixes the ship. He's my co-pilot. According to the ship's manifest, your vessel is in a bad way. Are you sure he's been fixing it? Well, he, he normally just hits the panels with a hyper-wrench. Oh, wait a moment. He disappeared the night after his accident. Before he could get proper medical attention. Here on Kashek. Um, well, I, I did pick him up from Kashek a couple of years ago. He looked like he needed a job. He looked like he needed a job? He's an adult Wookiee with an obvious brain injury. You should have realized that Stuart was in trouble. Are you also suffering from a brain injury, Captain Solo? Hey... I didn't come all this way to be insulted by a talking carpet. Now you listen to me, Captain Solo. You stole away my very sick nephew who needed medical attention. You made him work on your ship. Didn't you notice any odd behavior? No, nothing. Nothing? Are you sure? His injury makes him prone to violent outbursts. No, no nothing like that, honest. He has been known to tear the arm of a person when they beat him at hyper chess. That kind of thing. Oh, right. Um, oh no. Wait, you said that Stuart had been repairing parts of the ship over the last few years. Yes, he fixed everything. Including the atmosphere scrubbers. Yes, everything. Oh, it's all starting to make sense now. Uh, Captain Solo, Stuart isn't able to repair anything. His injury is too severe. Oh, say what now? No wonder you didn't notice Stuart's strange behavior. You've been flying with a broken atmosphere scrubber for years. Uh... And that means? Your brain is suffering from advanced hypoxia, Captain Solo. We have got a brand new segment. Woohoo! The new segment is called, What the F*** Onions? <laughs> Hooray! Onions contain amino acid sulfoxides that form sulfenic acids in the onion cells. Ugh. Both the enzymes and the sulfenic acids are kept separate in the cells. Right. When you cut the onion... The otherwise separate enzymes start mixing and produce something called propanethiol S oxide. So it's like a weapon. It's weaponized. It's a weaponized vegetable. It's a volatile sulfur uh. compound that starts wafting towards your eyes. Yes. That gas that's emitted mixes with the water in your eyes yeah. and forms sulfuric acid. Woo! Hey, what the f onions? <laughs> While onions are commonly consumed by humans, mm. they can be deadly for dogs, cats, guinea pigs, monkeys, and other animals. Even yeah, monkeys, interesting. The toxicity is caused by the sulfoxides present in the raw and cooked onions, which many animals are unable to digest. Ingestion results in anemia caused by the distortion and rupture of red blood cells. Hey, what the f*** onions? Three in every hundred people are allergic to onions. While the reaction usually eases once the onion has left your system, it can remain for days. Common symptoms include rashes, hives, fatigue, itching, lip swelling, mental disorientation, breathing difficulties, swelling of different body parts, bloating, gas, fainting, asthma, diarrhea, reflux, esophagitis, nausea, sore throat, puffy eyes and face, mouth blisters, gum blisters, burning sensation in the mouth, tongue blisters, and anaphylactic shock. Hey, what the fuck, onions? <laughs> In next week's episode, we will have a close eye on potatoes and the fact that he sometimes produced nerve toxins called solanines. What the f***, potatoes? <laughs> what, what, what are we doing now? What are we doing now? What are we doing now? Oh, look, uh, we finished early. Oh, we'll just we... watch a bit of TV. Oh, well, so, so, thank goodness for that. Sasquatch or Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the Crypto Zoo. 
How in the name of everything that is pure does a creature like a Teletubby evolve? <laughs> this is what we're going with? That's what I want you to answer the question of. That is how. Okay, so let's, let's to the audience who don't know, the Teletubbies are these multicoloured little lunatics who live on a planet. They One wears a handbag. Tinky Winky has a handbag. So obviously they're quite intelligent. But anyway, I'm getting off side track here. Uh, they're they're not that intelligent. They're little bear creatures. I, th- they, they, I was watching it today. Fuzzy. I was I had a look today. They're yes. fuzzy. They look more like some sort of vermin to me. Oh, okay. There seems to rat. be a, a, a mouse rat okay, cool. vibe that's a, that's to a, it. That's fine. And they, but the important thing is they have a TV in their stomach. they got a TV in their stomach. So some sort of TV in their stomach. Mm-hmm. And they've got little antennas on their heads. Oh, okay, to pick up the... To pick up the so, uh, which sort of glow or they, they... And there's a certain idea that there is a transmission hitting that because they glow yes. just before the TV show comes on their right. stomachs. Okay, good. No, that's fine. Well, I said, we'll start off with the first part, which is it's obviously some kind of rodent, rodentia. Rod- rodents get pretty big. I've seen some pretty big rodents. Mm-hmm. Some people have them as pets. I can't remember what they're called. What's that one? The big, the big one. Pick- um, Piccadillies? Pofferman. Pofferpiffafuffin. You're probably looking up on the internet. Proffin, fiffin, foffin, fiffin. Look up on the internet. Gilly, puffin, shurfin, foffin. Stamp. Capybara. Oh. No, that wasn't what I was thinking of at all. A capybara, it's, it's like a dog, and that's a, that's a big rodent, and it's a big happy rodent. Big and teeth that, too, fact, isn't it? If you're, if you're, and they're quite lovely. If you're actually feeling a bit sad, type in capybara into your into your browser and look up videos of capybara. This is kind of obviously these these rodents are like I'm huge and I don't care, and they just sit in water and they look really happy about being places. They never <laughs> they, they look that worried. You know, the rodents are like oh my god. At any moment, the capybara are like, yeah, you know, I'm huge. You know what? They, they don't read women's mags. Like lady capybaras aren't sitting there going, oh, I'm supposed to be thinner and smaller. That's, that's, yeah, no, no they're, they're like, no. That's it. So this it, is how I'm supposed to look. So let's say, let's say that the teletubbies have some sort of capybara. That's they're an evolved capybara. All right. So they've got a bit bigger, and they're different colours. Colours, see, oh, that's easy. Colours, and they've taken on a very symmetrical human bipedal, not human, a bipedal setup. Yeah. Oh, look, they're a hopping that's mice. Easy. Yeah. All sorts of. That's not mice. Even get around there. Hard. Hard. Not legs. even hard. But yeah. they live on a world mm-hmm. that has a lot of radiation being poured on them. Mm-hmm. Not because of genetics, not yeah. because of that stuff. Forget that. But their son yep. is actually their Chad <laughs> is is Stop doing that. What? You can't say another son is a Chad. Well, it's just like that's the whole point of their, naming a it's, son. It's, I said it's their Chad. No, no, that because that you're you're falling down the same rabbit no, hole as the no. International Union saying no, no. they can call it whatever they no, want. No, no, no. Their no, no, son. Thank you. There is. This is about truth. Um, this is about making something I'm right. I'm sorry. I just I just meant to that you know no, if next door neighbors had a son if you had a son called Jim and next door neighbors had a son called Ben you would say to your wife oh you know their Jim. That's what you're saying. You're not saying his name is Jim. You're saying their... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Right, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll take it back. Their son, their star, if I get really technical, puts out a lot of radio waves. It's, it's lots of radio waves. Yeah. And just before... Here's my idea. Just before... It's actually... The radio waves aren't, aren't dangerous. They're just radio waves. But lots of it across a lot, lot of the parts of the spectrum, of the radio part of the spectrum. 
But it's a precursor. Their star, for some reason, belches out radio waves just before a really dangerous burst of energy hits their planet. So it's kind of like a canary of, of radio waves. So these capybara, the ones who survived, managed to... They're the ones who could get a weird tingle in their little antennae mm-hmm. going, oh, the sun's about to crap itself. We're all about to die. So they used to get underground. And they're the ones, of course, that evolved. They're the ones that could breed. Mm. The ones that were... In a warren. In a, that's right. And the ones that were happy enough to, that they're happy enough to breed and could detect their sun about to destroy it. And I've seen that sun. It is a really weird sun. It's all smiley and it turns up and it plays and it's... Yee! It giggles at them. It's a very weird sun. So I, this all fits. I'm then, trying to find its name. The sun has yeah. a name in, in Teletubbies? Well, it's terrifying. So the sun builds all its energy and they're the ones who survive. So they evolved over the years to detect it. They could detect it, but because it's a social species... It can't be Chad. It's that? Jessica. Is his name Jessica? Yeah. Well, not the son. It's not the not fictionally, but the girl who played it. Right, who played the son. Her <laughs> name's Jessica. So we're going to pass over okay, Jessica. Fair enough. So Jessica belches out all his energy, and they're a social creature. If they weren't a social creature, then of course they would just evolve to to run by themselves. But they're social. They're not just going to leave other side to die. The ones who can't pick up the signal as well as they can. So I'm assuming that all of them can pick up the signals as well as that's a that's a, a learnt trait. Oh, not learnt. That's a genetically not yep. a trait. That's a genetic trait. So the, they've actually the ones that became more useful, the ones that were really loved by the other evolved capybaras were the ones that told everyone else that something was about to happen. And what they would do is they'd rear up on their hind legs, before they evolved mm-hmm. by probably why they evolved, and their stomachs would glow. Yeah. So from the energy. And that's because their stomach had lots of chromatophores, like a squid. So yep, lots all of right. Chromatophores, and they would go, this weird colours would appear and, uh, from after the radio waves hit their antennae, and the, all the other capybara would go, oh my goodness, and they'd all run. Look, his belly's on, going red and green. And they'd, and they'd all race off. Mm-hmm. That's the original part. Okay. But then that doesn't So matter. danger. Da- da- well, their sun. It's basically yep. their sun has done something weird. Super danger, like space danger. You can't detect any other so way. The, so the sun is sort of a... It, it's in a state of flux. Yes, yes. It's safe sometimes, but dangerous yes, other right. times. All right. Now, cool. that's that, that's the basic animal. Okay. Then it, it evolves over time. Mm-hmm. And we know that they are technically advanced, the Teletubbies, because... They have clothes, or well, they have a, they have a, they use handbags, and, and having a handbag. Yeah, they're getting there. They're ha- getting having there. a handbag requires you to make things and understand that you need to put things in things. So they become quite a technological species. Oh, they, look, they're, they're certainly no pansimian. But, they, but they, there's still no Homo erectus. Really? They, they've, 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 they've they build got, houses. They've got some language. They, 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 yeah, they, get, they have they, a language. That, that that house is more of a is a warren. It's a good warren. Oh, but okay. Does it have doors? We're talking. No, it's just openings and slides. Oh, they can make a slide and seats, but and no stairs. No stairs. So okay. I think I think we're talking like Neanderthal, so Neolithic, Neolithic. With, but 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 they can make handbags. Well, they're fashionable Neolithic. Okay, yeah. right, okay. So now they now we have an interesting problem because where does the signal come from? See, that's that's my point. I my original idea was they were generating the signal to, to, to their bellies, and over time mm-hmm. their bellies became more complicated. But if that's not true, there must be someone beaming the signal to their bellies now. So that means we have to introduce another species mm-hmm. who has worked out the Teletubbies, these capybara, evolved capybara, can actually use chromatophores to pick up radio waves, and now they're passing information. What I think is going on is it's an uplift situation. So whoever these people are, these other races, they, they want. That is they, not what I asked the. Question of what, what question was? How did they evolve? Well, I have told you how they evolved. And then, they're, but it's not. But it's not. Up, they're not uplifting and changing their genetics. I'm not saying that you've got. Uh. A, you've got a capybara creature which chromatophores on its belly. These other creatures have started to send radio waves down to them, which is like and, and to begin with, they would have been freaked. Oh my! God, the sun's going to explode. But suddenly they 
worked out, oh, it's a different signal. And they're sending them information. Kind of like the, the monolith out of 2001, the Teletubbies are having, <laughs> si- having information beamed through their chromatophore bellies to the, the other capybara Teletubbies who we don't see. Maybe Teletubby is like a priest cast. We don't see the other ones. The Teletubbies are the four cardinals slash popes. And then they've been touched by God, as in these other alien oh, race, who's right. passed information through their belly chromatophores. That's uh, what I'm saying. That's not too bad. Yeah, it's not, that's, I like I like the fact that you went for the radiation. Thank you. Because what is an analog television pickup? You've got UHF and VHF. Sure. So VHF is the very high frequency wavelength, right? That gets emitted by radiation stuff. Okay. So I was you think you're thinking sun? Yes. Which uh, isn't too bad, although I think that a lot of radiation from the sun is actually very low frequency. The sun, that doesn't make any sense. The sun puts out a, a right across the spectrum. Right across the spectrum. Uh, I might be thinking of, uh, of solar winds and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not radiation, that's um, particles. So that's different again. I was thinking more radiation in the ground. I figured that the environment oh, that they came up has... the planet itself. Yeah, so, mm, mm. but it's not all just gamma radiation. Well, no. It's not just the one type. There's a whole bunch of it happening. Hence, why all these different... Teletubbies have different length antennas and different shaped antennas because the resonance point of those antennas are going to be different. So in any population, you want some that can pick up on some sorts of radiation Mm -hmm. and some that can pick up on other sorts of radiation. Yes, yes. And yes, I I figured that the flashing belly would be a warning system, Mm -hmm. but I think that they actually evolved at the same time as human beings because it's always human beings coming in on the TV sets. Oh, oh, there are people in that show. There are people on the TV sets. I've never seen them. Oh, okay. Maybe they're the upper species in mine. Go on with yours. Sorry, yes. But the thing is, that whilst this was a warning system, I mm. figured that if the warning system went off, all the other ones would run, yes. and that last one would probably die a terrible radioactive death. <laughs> but, you know, it would be warned by its own belly, yes. I guess. Yeah. But, it's, but it helps the species. Mm. But eventually, that was a warning system that had a different thing occur to it, which was, like, it, it, it evolved to a different else. function. Yeah, yeah there's many things happen in which our bodies. Was, and the more that information came through mm. on the bellies, the more that these creatures became social creatures. Right. Which helped them become a better society, a more fully functioning species. Yes. And the more that that works, the more information they can pass genetically that comes in from the outside world. But where's it coming from? Why are they getting well, pictures of things on their bellies? Because Where's it coming from? Because there's also a race of human beings on this oh. world that are evolving and yes. creating television oh, I see. and much broadcasting more systems. Oh, I see. Right, I see where you're getting it from. Yes, okay. Well, we, we've kind of gone a similar path. I, I said yeah. alien uplifters and you've said humans, which would be alien uplifters, really. It's the same. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, very similar. We've come to a very similar conclusion. That means it it's, sounds like two ways it's the same thing. Maybe it's true. <gasps> Book of Shame! Ah, the walk of shame, the part of the podcast that keeps us honest, where you, the audience, and each other, Dan and I, try and find out where we screwed up and screwed up big time to try and make it actually scientific, so it's not just us screaming madness into the darkness. Dan, have you got anyone sending you walk of shamey stuff today? I certainly do. I had Scott. We mentioned that the Greenland's powers can't affect the yellow, mm-hmm. uh, like a yellow subject. And I said the Greenlander could travel backwards and the red shift would change the green bean to yellow. Right. And we all agreed on that. Yes, yes. Thank you to Scott, because apparently this is in one of the comics. Oh, right. Greenland and Hal Jordan used this manoeuvre to great success against Doran Shatok, oh, destroying right. the enemy's powering. Green Lantern, Ganthet's tale number one. There we go. So that's not a walk of shame. No, we, we've actually done very well. Bonus Yay. points for us. <laughs>
we did one a while back. Yeah. You made a comment about what has been to the moon. Like, what pe- beyond people, beyond Homo sapiens sapiens, what has actually been to the moon? And yep. we came down with the mites, basically. There was a Demodex. The Demodex that are on the IRS. Two skin. types of Demodex. Two, that's right, I've been to the moon. Now, yep. Steve Nerlick from uh, Chief, Chief Astro, Astro who, yep. uh, also from the, I've been on the podcast, he wrote to me and went, well, hmm. Oh, what, no. What do you call going to the moon? That's the point. That's where the point. Did, I mean, as in, you had to touch the moon? Does that mean that Michael Collins never went to the moon? He was a guy, the first group. Well, so, if you're going to be like that, then, then one small step guy. Yeah, Neil Armstrong. Um, Armstrong, that's yes. the one. Never went to the moon. He never touched no, the moon. No, he never touched the moon. No. He was wearing boots. He was. Heavy that's, boots. This is the point. This, the, you're, you're, you're walking, no one's you're, been to the moon. You're walking into a, the trap that's been laid for you quite beautifully. Oh, now, no. This, <laughs> so this is the problem. Going to the moon just means going to the moon. If you... Yeah. If, if get, getting, getting near the moon, getting... Basically, you're at the moon. Michael Collins was at the moon. So no, he was... Oh. Michael Collins never went to the moon? That's what you're trying to say? Yeah, he never, he never, he never went, went to, to the, the moon. The, so you have to touch something to go to it. So, well, so if I if I if I go to Dan, someone says go to Dan. I have to actually literally touch you before I I've Look, gone to if Dan. If I'm levitating, I am not on the ground. So you're not on Earth. No, I am on Earth, but if I'm levitating, I'm not. Oh, okay. So the moment you're in a plane, you're no longer on Earth. Not yet. Yes, I'm in the sky. So so you hang on, but you're not. So you're, that plane is in the air. So you but you're not on Earth. No. So you're saying it's different. So, so, so people get into planes and they're no longer on Earth. Well, if it takes off, yeah. Capital E Earth, not e, little E Earth. That's in the yeah, planet Earth. Yeah. They have left the planet They've Earth. They've left the planet Earth. They're in the fucking sky, aren't you're, they? You're mad and no one would even base, base <laughs> that in, in any way, shape or form. So you're trying to say that if you're on an ocean, you're no longer on the Earth. People who go on ships are no longer on the Earth because they're not touching the ground. No, but... So why is a gas different to a liquid? Because you can't see it. Oh, so it doesn't oh, exist. Oh, I see. Well, anyway, so Steve Nerlick pointed out you're wrong, and he that you're, that you're technically not correct, the best kind of correct, which makes me go yay. Uh, mm-hmm. That the Soviet, but way before the Americans sent up. Uh, humans to to the moon. The Soviets sent up the Zond Five up to the moon in 1968, and it went around the moon. And it had on it some tortoises, some wine flies, some mealworms, some plants, seeds, bacteria, and other living matter as well. So I am not walking that. We, I, I have discussed this before. Really, going to Mars right. doesn't mean swinging past the back of Mars. Doesn't, going to the moon doesn't mean swinging past it. But for some reason, that's 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 so you made that definition. You've just made an arbitrary definition. But if I go to Dan, if your wife says to me, go to Dan, I have to now literally touch you. If I come close to you, I haven't gone to Dan. Is that right? That is esoteric nonsense. And not, you know it. It is logically correct. And that's why it's upsetting you. It's, I've, I've got you in a nice little logical conundrum. I'm enjoying this. I am not going anywhere. <laughs> So the next time you have sex with someone and you wear a condom, basically you haven't had sex with them because it was a condom. You never touched them. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the excuse I use to my oh. wife all the time. <laughs> never had sex with that woman. I wore a condom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Steve. She is sitting listening to this podcast at her work desk right now. Yes. And she listens yes. to the, to what I'm saying, mm. and mm. she is so angry. <laughs> right. <laughs> I seem to have got away scot-free, Dan. Scot-free. No comeuppance. In our Thomas the Tank Engine crypto zoo. Oh, yes. That was a good one. I like that one. You said that wheels can't evolve in nature. Yes. I may have said it too. 
To evolve to get a wheel, the intermediate stages to get there are detrimental, so mm. it's not going to happen. Like, because sure. evolution has to go well, so one the, progressive step at yes, a time. Yes, it can't go downhill. Yes. And, and it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, we talked about that. Things like veins and things would all get tangled up as yeah. it spun around an axis point, yes. Turns out mm. there is one creature that really? evolved a wheel. What creature is that? The only known example of a biological wheel, a system capable of providing continuous propulsive torque about a fixed body, mm-hmm. is the flagellum, a propeller-like tail used by single-celled prokaryotes for propulsion. That's not a wheel. It spins. It 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 does that. No, no, no. I'm waving my no. hand around. No, no, no. It spins. It pivots. It pivots. It pivots. It's not around a point. How does it hold on? Because it's so small, it's not like chunks of muscle or anything. Yes. It's, there's a... Oh, it's chemicals the, moving. It's okay. a chemical point. Oh, that, is that a that wheel? Spins. Once again, if going to the moon is not going to take that, is that... It's not a wheel. It's an axle. It's a propeller. It's a, I will give... Or an impeller. It's a propeller. It's not a wheel. It's definitely a rotating I didn't element. say we couldn't have a rotating element. I said we couldn't have uh, a wheel. All right. So I... So if well, you, you, ex- you might have to take that up with Wikipedia because <laughs> they call it a wheel-like mechanism. But people say a wheel... Oh, a wheel Wheel like mechanism. How how quaint, how wonderful. No, no, I'm afraid I'm afraid if we can't say going to the moon, I'm not going to accept that as a wheel. Guess we're not going anywhere down uh, that walk of shame. I don't understand there with our arms crossed. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Anything more? No, it's fine. You're just, well, yeah, I've got one more. Oh, oh well, I bring it on. I'll ignore that one too. <laughs> Dan Spence has pointed out. Yes. That the iTunes algorithm ratings mean nothing. It's all about subscriptions. So whenever we say rate us on iTunes to get us uh, up further up the th- tally, that's doing bupkis. But no, I, so subscribe, sub- subscribe, 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 subscribe. But not, but that is true. But subscribe. I, I understand what he's saying there. But the other problem is that the reason people subscribe is because they see good ratings and they see a nice review. Amazon has shown that think people are more likely to buy things if they have more reviews on them. So I, Dan Spence, I can't hear you. I'm already down the walk of shame. <laughs> You have been putting up with Dan from smartenough.org. <laughs> and the other fellow is Greg, also at smartenough.org. You can follow us on Twitter at SE2KB. And that Facebook thing, you can find us on there. We're all over that thing. And if you just, like, click on those whenever we post and click on the link and listen to the podcast in the browser, don't do that. Use your little podcast button on your iPhone or yes. on your iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. That's really important. Apparently, it's really important. That's we didn't realize until <laughs> yeah, now how important it was. Like and seven years of trying to promote podcasts. Yeah, that's right. Apparently, that's the way to do that's it. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe button. You know how every other you know how every other show goes. Subscribe, subscribe. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they had a reason for doing that. Subscribe. Everyone should subscribe right now, quickly. Subscribe. Oh dear, <laughs> we're a bit behind the game. That's okay. And as we always like to say, what the f- onions? <laughs> yes, that's much better. Why did you wait to tell me this? Why are we talking about a suit first? You're a terrible person. The second part of the sketch. It's not a sketch. <laughs> now I want to go north, uh, yeah. west country. Oh, I can calculate our numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, 
ooh, this could be really fun. Oh, or it could or it could fall on its ass. So <clears throat> never know your luck. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Why there is a constant frustration. Murder. I will try and make her as less scared as possible by moving into a place that she can see me. So I'm obviously not going to try and leap up and grab her. I always do get, do get into a full clown costume <laughs> just to disarm any feelings of tension. Yes, that's right. Leap. I'm not dangerous. Um, that's... Huh, huh? You want to get a lady, you've got to first have got a lady. Onions. What the f***? <laughs> 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 That's ruined my whole <laughs> What the f***, onions? <laughs> Hooray! Onions contain amino... Ugh. Hooray! Oh. As long as you bleep me. That's yeah. all. Oh, I'll bleep you. Yeah. The whole thing, the entire show, I'm just going to bleep all your bits. <laughs> bleep, 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 bleep.